It's the big kickoff. Hello, Dave. Did you say something there? Because my uh, headphones <laughs> went down for a second. So I was like, I, re- I think he said my name. I'm not sure. Good evening, all. Yeah, it's the big kickoff. And we are joined by... I'm going to introduce it from now on, Neil. It's the bigkickoff.com's Neil Dobbs. Thanks very much. You're having a hairy day today? A very hairy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lesson we learned when you're this hairy and you wear a quarter zip top to train and ah, it doesn't oh, go yeah, down well. Yeah, yeah. It does not go <laughs> down well. That's Yes, we full of sport this week. It's This is the time of the year when your sport really kicks off, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because you've got your football, you've, you're, obviously your Champions League, your Premier League. You get to the business end. Leagues. Yeah, the business end. But then you've got your Cheltenham coming up around the corner. Just Six Nations. The Six Nations. Everything golf just starts coming alive again. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, ladies, no, it doesn't matter. I'm not going there. Ladies, what? Ladies, monthly bits is big news in sport at the minute. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Look at that. Landmine, landmine, landmine. I'm not bringing it Abort. up. La- no, I'm not bringing it up. Don't worry. <laughs> Although you did last week. <laughs> <laughs> so, who have we got on the show today, Dad? I don't know. I'm only joking. Kieran Bourke, uh, who is back doing Between the Strikes. Am I right in saying that? He's doing his podcast as well as obviously and with Bar One Bar Racing. One Racing yeah. He's coming on to give us his in-depth analysis on First Division football. Obviously, he's a massive Longford Town man. So, and of course, they all got together. Well, nine of the ten got together to have a little something to say today, obviously, in relation to the oncoming season. And uh, no doubt he'll have a, a few things to say about it. Yep. Um, and what about uh, Mr. Dobbs? Mr. Dobbs has plenty going on with, obviously... Our expertise, but obviously in this week it's the Premier League and the Champions League. Champions League is back. Uh, first half of it was this week, so plenty to talk about and plenty to talk about a certain team who may or may not be in it next year. Obviously the Premier League, yeah, technically back with the winter break. Officially this is the full full, full week back anyway. Mm. So plenty of uh, shenanigans and nonsense. And, and we, won't, we won't be smug. A few interesting games this week, wasn't there, in the Champions League? The game was an interesting game this week, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so getting down to the business end of things, it's really, really good. Manchester City did well getting half a stadium full yeah. during the week in, in the Premier League but we'll go into that a little They're bit They're a massive on. club. Massive. In Asia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dave, what have we got? We're going a bit old school. I'm going with Supergrass with Sun Hits the Sky. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. The League of Ireland Premier Division kicked off last week, and this week it's the return of the long awaited and controversial First Division. Joining us on the line from Bar One Racing is Kieran Bourke to discuss the ins and outs alongside all that controversy. Kieran, welcome back to the big kickoff. Lad, good to hear from you. Great. Kieran, listen, let me name out a few teams for you Drogheda, UCD, Galway. Cabinteely, Wexford, Cove, Bray, Longford, and Athlone. Are we missing anyone? <laughs> I can see where you're going with this already, yeah. <laughs> I suppose Rovers too must really feel like outsiders today. Let everyone know about the, the First Division Alliance and their statement today. Yeah, well, the, the nine clubs you named there um, all announced last night there was going to be a statement released this morning and... Uh, this morning, I'm sure plenty of people have seen the photo on Twitter that you've just referenced there where the uh, the clubs 
uh, used the hashtag, I think it's the People's League they're going with, isn't it? And, yeah. Um, yeah, the nine nine uh, logos or crests of the teams were displayed. The Shamrock Rovers 2 crest or the Shamrock Rovers crest was omitted from that. Um, so initially there was a bit of confusion. People thought that this was the big statement we were all waiting for, which would have been a bit uh, bit ludicrous. But they they did follow it up with a with a fairly well detailed statement. They probably should have done it in reverse order. They probably the statement should have come first and then uh, maybe throughout this photo if there was any need for that at all. But uh, yeah, it was a dramatic morning to say the least in the first division and what's been a, an off season of absolute chaos. Yeah, and so what are the clubs threatening? Are they just threatening not to play next year? Um, well, the talk is at the moment that there will be some type of uh, B division or reserve league hopefully in place next year. So this doesn't happen because um, we spoke about this before when I was last on. But yeah. there is other clubs that have made uh, noises about liking to uh, mm. try to get a B team of their own up and running. Dundalk definitely been one of them. And I think maybe St. Pat's and Cork might have been mentioned in the past as well. So um, obviously the first division clubs don't see that as acceptable that they could have a league where you could have maybe 50% of the division made up of B teams. So uh, going forward... I think they very much accept this is going to be a short-term solution with Shamrock Rovers B or two playing in the first division this year, and then next year they'll uh, they'll fully expect it to be back to the uh, the normal team, shall we say? Yeah, and you're uh, as a Longford man, how 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 is it settled now? Are you okay with Shamrock Rovers two being in the league this year? Um, I'm okay with the fact that there's going to be ten teams in the division as opposed yeah. to nine because obviously Limerick didn't didn't apply for license even if they did at a. I'd uh, have major question marks over how they would have been allowed in with everything that's going on down there and uh, the fact they don't have a player, players on the books, a manager mm-hmm. or, or even a stadium to play in at the moment. So um, it's probably better that we have a solid entity like uh, Shamrock Rovers 2 in there. Uh, for me, the issue uh, more than anything else is how the decision, decision was reached, um, how the, the lack of communication between the clubs and the FEI seems to have played a part here and uh, seems to be a real lack of transparency in how the decision, decision was reached. But... Um, Look, we are where we are, and the clubs, I think, have just accepted that. Uh, they, they said it in their statements that they could have gone down the legal road with this, um, but it would have caused a major delay to the start of the season. That's going to cost clubs money. They don't have money. they don't have that money to uh, to be playing with. So I think they just accept they have to roll their sleeves up and get on with it now. Yeah, imagine that, a lack of transparency in Ireland. I never heard mm-hmm. the likes of it. Galway, with all their decent business in pre-season, don't seem to be able to rally a lot of the experts behind them. Most of them predicting a four-place finish most likely. What are your thoughts on Galway, Kieran? Yeah, I definitely see them pushing the top three. Uh, obviously, Bray are going to be up to Bray, were my big major disappointment of last season. They invested heavily in the off-season last year and they didn't even make the playoffs. Captain Teeley got in ahead of them. So that was a, a very poor showing from Bray. But they've stuck with Gary Cronin and they've invested in behind him again this year in the transfer market. Gary Shaw is the marquee signing coming in from St. Pat's. But they've also added Jack uh, Watson from Captain Teeley, who I think is one of the most underrated midfielders in the division and Aaron Barry coming down from Cork as well he should uh, really stand out at this level but on Galway the business they've done is absolutely unbelievable obviously this project DNA we all heard about last year that seems to have uh, gone out the window quite quickly because uh, you've got the likes of Shane Duggan Mikey Place Dino Halloran Michal Schligman just to name a few uh, very experienced and well-known names within, within the League of Ireland coming into that Galway side they've retained all of the good young talent they had last season and uh, they've also re-signed Vinnie Faraday which is, a, which is a big boost to them as well so uh, there's a bit more experience in that Galway team this year they were very inconsistent last year but those additions should uh, give them a bit more steel and I definitely think they'll be in the top 3 or 4 this year Yeah the price of 9-2 also shows that uh, the bottom 3 I mean the bottom 3 seem to be heavily predicted with Athlone, mm. Wexford and Cabin Teeley is there any chance of these shocking us at all whatsoever? Um, well, when you look at that loan, they're shopping for players from the likes of Tullamore Town, uh, Willow Park, yeah, or a local geez. team in that loan, and, and 
other uh, teams from the, from the Leinster Senior League. That tells you the market they're shopping in. Uh, Wexford are very much giving young players an opportunity. They know they can't um, compete financially with the likes of Galway, Longford, Drogheda. So what they're doing is they're getting young players in uh, that are on the fringes of senior squads and they're giving them first team minutes and that has to be respected fair play to Wexford for that you know it's giving young players a real opportunity to play senior football week in week out but it's very hard to see how they compete, can, can compete so um, just ignoring Shamrock Rovers 2 for a moment the bottom two without Shamrock Rovers 2 because it's very hard to predict where they're going to be when nobody knows who's actually going to be playing for them this season um, and I think Wexford and that loan will be your bottom two you mentioned Cavan Teeley there their squad has been absolutely decimated in the off-season. Obviously, they made the playoffs last year for the first time in their history, um, but they didn't get promoted. And the Vultures, they soon swooped in there, and uh, they've lost, really, the vast, vast bulk of their key players from last year. So it's going to be very hard for Cavantili to compete. Whether they'll be as low down as in the bottom three, I'm not so sure, but um, it's going to be a struggle for them, no doubt. Yeah, Cove Ramblers uh, actually announced the other day, or is it today, the, the Metropole Hotel uh, are the club's new main sponsors for the season, which is fantastic news. But I do ask myself from time to time, is there room for two Cork teams in the league? Like, is it ever possible for Cove to surpass Cork City? <laughs> well, the way Cork are going at the moment, you wouldn't know, would you? <laughs> uh, on the pitch, it's not looking good. And from what we're hearing off the pitch, it's not looking great either at Cork, which is a real shame because that is an absolutely massive club in Irish football. And they really shouldn't be finding themselves in, in situations that they found themselves in the past. But look, we'll, we'll move on from that for tonight and focus on the first division. Um, Cove, they, obviously, it's going to take a... Stephen Henderson, he left his post before the end of last season, so it's not a new thing that they're without him this year. But it still will take a little bit of getting used to watching Cove and not seeing Hendo on the sideline. He's such a char- uh, colourful character as well. But uh, Stuart Ashton's in there now, and he's a well-respected uh, man within Cork uh, circles. And I think the fact he's been able to retain the vast bulk of his squad from last season probably speaks volumes to that. And uh, the addition of John Cabinet from Waterford is, is a marquee signing for them. So, again, I think they'll probably be there uh, in around where they were last year. I don't see them competing uh, up in the top half, but they'll always, they're always a hard side to beat, especially down in St. Coleman's. Yeah. One of the, the sticky points, I suppose, for the, the clubs in the league with Rovers, too, was the fact that they were the players they were bringing in are probably players that could have went to other teams. Who have Rovers, too, brought in? Well, we don't know. There's no squad list in. With no, the, with nothing the at all. Uh, no, amazingly, uh, the season starts tomorrow. They play Longford on Saturday. Um, I know <laughs> the Longford Town media man tweeted out today that there's not going to be a Shamrock Rovers uh, squad list in the match programme because um, they simply can't get one. So Longford are preparing for a game. And Darren Oyle was on the Between the Stripes LOI podcast this week and he said he has absolutely no idea who he's preparing for. He called for a level playing field because every other squad has their um, list in with the FEI. Shamrock Rovers 2 don't. So... Uh, again, you can see why the first division clubs are very unhappy at the moment. Yeah, UCD mid table rebuild. What about the top three? Bray, Longford, and Drogheda. What separates them? Um, I'd go with Drogheda to win the title at the moment, just ahead of Longford. I um, think Drogheda, Longford have kept the vast bulk of their squad from last season. They've lost Anto Breslin, uh, who went to Bowes and deservedly so, the best left back in the division by far last year. And unfortunately, they've lost Connor Kenner to retirement. He's just going to play in the Leinster Senior League this year. Um, and he was an absolute star at the back last year. So I think the back four might be slightly weaker at Longford this year. Um, but on top of that, uh, Drogheda, they've also kept the vast bulk of their squad. If, in fact, they've kept everyone they'd like to keep. And uh, they've brought into addition um, some experienced names. Derek Prendergast in particular, he won the league last year with Shells. So to have that experience coming into your uh, dressing room is great. They've got Jack Chew in from Cavantili, very solid defender. Huey Douglas, very solid at the back as well and, and plenty of experience. And they brought in a good young player, Richie O'Farrell from UCD. So I think they have a nice blend of youth and experience. And for me, that's just what separates them. Longford probably 
they could do with a few more experienced heads in that dressing room, especially after losing someone like Conor Kenna. Mm. How do the first division clubs, because so many go up, but always seem to come back down, how do they... How can they make that progress and stay in the Premier Division? What's needed? Financial investment. It all comes back to financial investment, doesn't it? But uh, if it was that easy, then they'd all have big money backers behind them. But uh, yeah, it, when you're scrapping around in the first division, the gates aren't that big. It's hard to get sponsors. Um, and then you do eventually get up and you're taking on the likes of Dundalk, Shamrock Rovers that have you know multi-million um, pound backers behind them or Euro backers behind them. Then um, it, it's very, very difficult to compete at that level. Just a quick one, Kieran, on that. Like, and you're hearing some of the rumours of obviously some of the talks that Noel Quinn and Owens are having with some of the League of Ireland teams and and, and on, on its future. I presume the first division is as part of that conversation as well, because obviously I don't want to take it for granted, but it is a, a, both leagues in itself and not just trying to make sure the Premier is as strong as it is. Would it, would I be right in saying that? Yeah, well, this is where I'd have a major issue with there being um, a first division club alliance and a premier division club alliance. Yeah. It's the one league, it's the League of Ireland. I don't see why all 20, there's only yeah. 20 clubs. It's not England. We don't have 92 league clubs here. We have 20. Um, I find that we only have 19 now if you exclude Shamrock Rovers' second side uh, because Limerick obviously have gone out of the league. So the fact we can't get 19 clubs into a room together and mm. sit down to discuss the, the blueprint going forward, that's been the, ma- the major and one of the main problems with Irish football down the decades clubs don't talk to each other they don't cooperate enough there's signs here and there every now and again that that's starting to change but we're still not seeing enough of it for me Would you be fearful of a potential Super League a bit like the way Caulfield suggested that eventually they might kind of want just a 10 team and then there's a subdivisions or would you be a bit fearful of that further down the line? But look there's, there's arguments both ways to that I, I can understand that other countries have done it I know John Caulfield referenced the, the countries that have done mm. it and have had success and I think he was discussing maybe a, a league as small as eight teams. Mm. You can understand the top teams like Dundalk, Shamrock Rovers. They're trying to bridge the gap in Europe and, and really push on. And At the same time, you have clubs then that are barely getting 100 people in the game. Yeah. So you're only as strong as the bottom link in the league. And it's very hard for a league to develop when, when there is some clubs that are just struggling to survive. So you can see arguments both ways. For um, I just think there needs to be proper structure. I think the biggest uh, issue we have is we don't have a pyramid system in Ireland. Mm. There's no way for your, your Sunday league team to go up and play in the top flight. They don't have ambitions to do that. Whereas if you look to England, you can have a pub team on a Sunday and they can magically work, work their way up the leagues and, and they want to do that. Whereas here in Ireland, uh, the Leinster Senior League teams, they're mostly happy where they are. Munster Senior teams, Ulster Senior teams, they're all happy where they are. Been the big fish in, in no disrespect, a small pond. Mm. And they don't see playing in the League of Ireland as the ultimate goal. And that's a major, major problem. Mm. I, th- I think probably they're outpriced as well, because as you said, it costs money to, to get into even the first oh, division. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it could be a quarter of a million just to, to run your team. In, in the yeah, there's no financial incentives or um, financial support. Again, Vinnie Farley was on the show this week and he spoke about how in Australia, if a new team comes into the league, they're bankrolled for the first three years. <laughs> that would never happen here under the FAI. So you can see why clubs are, are reluctant to join it, because they're probably making a small profit and they're quite happy going along as they are at the moment they come into the League of Ireland and it's a, it's a financial basket case as you can see with Limerick mm. How would you address it do you think if you, if you were in charge if you were the main man how, how would you address it? Well the first thing that needs to happen there needs to be actual prize money I mean winning the league and getting 110,000 it, and then in the first division you're only getting 25,000 you have to pay over 15,000 to enter so mm. that math doesn't work straight away uh, and then, as I mentioned, 110 in the Premier Division. There's no way you can compete in Europe with money like that. 
Um, when a game is televised, clubs, they're not getting paid. And not only that, they're actually losing money off the game because people are staying at home to watch it. They're not getting any financial um, compensation off the television companies that are showing these games. Uh, so again, prize money, TV money. Um, I know obviously the talks about the All-Ireland League going on at the moment and that's the main focus. And um, away from the financial side of things, then as I said, a pyramid system where a team in, team in the Leinster Senior League can actually have ambitions of, of playing in the League of Ireland and not only survive but thriving in it. You have Cheltenham coming up with uh, the Bar 1 racing and everyone else obviously who's going over to it. But of course... Nathan River is out of the Gold Cup uh, with injury, but what is the best Andy Post bet that you have for the festival? Well, I'm going to treat you tonight. I'm going to give you three Andy Post <laughs> bets for the, uh, for the festival. And uh, just to mention as well, Bar 1 Racing are non-runner cash back for every race at this year's festival. So if you back one and it's a non-runner, you will get your cash back. And they're also going to be price boosting all the favourites in your shops as well and online on bar1racing.com. So they're going to price boost the live show favourites for all the races as well. And there's more offers to come over the next couple of weeks. So. Oh, they'll keep you, Kieran. They'll keep you. <laughs> but come on, let's move on to the... Uh, I'll, I'll give you my three. Go on. Um, I'm going to give you the one that for me is a start. Envoy Allen, 11 to 10 for the Ballymore. Seven wins from seven. Stepped up to two mile four for the first time under rules. He did win um, a point race over that trip in the past, but first time uh, under rules in the grade one Lawler than eight last time. And he was probably slightly workmanlike uh, more than we've seen in the past, but Gordon Elliott was very keen to stress afterwards how happy he was after the race that for the first time, Envoy Allen had actually been headed in the closing stages and got back up to win. So it shows a certain fighting character. And uh, for me, the horse, is, he's been described as one of the most exciting novices of the season. And that's definitely spot on for me. And uh, nothing touches him in, in that race for me. So 11 to 10, Envoy Allen uh, for the Ballymore. Uh, looking to the champion hurdle again, going to raise a red flag here straight away. Honeysuckle may not run in this one. She could go for the mares, but as I said, you'll get your uh, your, your money back if, if she's a non-runner in this one. Um, holds entries for the mares, as I said, but the champion uh, the champion hurdle, it's wide open this year. Uh, I think she's well worth her place in the big race. Uh, six to one, so you can even have a little each way play with that one. Uh, like Envoy Allen, she's unbeaten in seven starts under rules. And uh, she showed her class last time um, when getting the better Darvish Star in a fantastic race. Darvish Star, by the way, is trained in loud, so he'll have plenty of support around these parts when the festival does come around. Um, but I, I just think she's got an amazing turn of foot, and uh, I think the two-mile triple suit or so. Six to six to one at the moment, Honeysuckle, for, for the champion hurdle. And the last one I'm going to give you is also six to one. It's latest exhibition for the Albert Bartlett. I absolutely love this horse. He's been on my uh, racing TV tracker for a long time now. He's trained by Paul Nolan. And uh, he caused an upset, it was described as an upset at the time when turning over Andy Dufresne in the Grade 2 na- uh, Navin Novice Hurdle in December. But I actually backed him that day as his form lines were very, very strong. He had just been behind Abracadabras, gave him a real scare prior to that, and he was also a decent bumper performer. He won his only maiden start in a big field of 20 runners, and he, uh, he really caught my eye a long time ago. So um, he gave Paul Doan on his first Grade 1 success in 2013 went bolting up at the Dublin Racing Festival last time so I think he's brilliant value at 6-1 to one. and again with the non-runner uh, cash back you, you can have a little each way play there Kieran, that's absolutely excellent you would not see in two people across from me right <laughs> so fast on their notepads <laughs> so they're going to be very disappointed if these don't win uh, Kieran, that's brilliant uh, Bar One Racing uh, what's the website address and uh, yeah. what Bar One Racing.com and uh, new customers can get a 30 euro free bet when they sign up and stake 10 euro or more on their first online bet and there's the Bar One Racing app as well uh, on the Google Play and the Apple, so even easier access to all the latest odds and offers. Brilliant. People will be a fool not to get onto it. Kieran, thanks very much. We'll definitely have you back on. It's going to be hugely interesting to see how the First Division evolves this year.
Uh, long for town for the title all the way. <laughs> Fingers luck. crossed. Thanks, Kieran. Talk to you Good soon. Luck, Thanks very look. much. You're listening to Liffy Sound on 96.4 FM. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. If you want to contact us, we're on 87 7138 Of course, if you want to email us, the big kickoff at 96.4 at gmail.com. And we're on all uh, social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're even on LinkedIn if you want to give us a job. And we've got uh, Neil Dobbs with us. Neil Dobbs of thebigkickoff.com. There you go. Neil. Talk about Champions League first off, right? And uh, hold on. Bask in the glory. Oh, yes. Well, we still have a great music. Go on, shoot now. Yeah, so Champions League's back this week with a bang and uh, love the fixtures out for the next two weeks. Absolutely class. Yeah, it's, I think it's the most exciting one in quite a while because I think there's a handful of clubs that can win it this year. Mm. I wouldn't have said that every year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Spurs reaching the final last year. You know, Ajax reached the semi-finals yeah, last yeah. year. Kind of tells you that, uh, yeah, it's anyone's race. And, uh, yeah, a couple of the big ties have already taken place and a couple more to come next week. Yeah, the uh, yeah this year it's very hard. You can't literally stick out and say, like, why they made City favourites? I'm a bit unsure about that. But, uh, yeah, wide open, isn't it? There you go. Wide open. And uh, Liverpool, let's, I don't think there's much, you don't really have much on Liverpool other than uh, it was the one I feared most. It was. Uh, not, sorry, the most out of the Spanish clubs because Simeone, the way he plays, I just think it's a bad matchup for Liverpool. And yeah, they I, were very good. They really frustrated them very well. I was watching the game and I have to say, I was thinking to myself, this is exactly the way every team sets up against Liverpool. Say, for example, West Ham. Mm. West Ham give a great open in 20 minutes against Liverpool. Sat deep, sat in there, really, you know, tenacious in the challenge, really, really good. Didn't have the quality to get out. Yeah. Didn't have the quality and, and didn't have the mentality and the drive to keep it going for 90 minutes. Mm. Atletico are a different animal completely. Mm. I'd say there's no one out of all of the groups that are like Atletico, that type of character. Yeah. Their style you know, is good oh, to go against Liverpool. It really, and you give them a goal after five minutes and yeah. you're in a world of hurt. Yeah. Now that said, I thought Liverpool did well. 45 minutes, I thought, when they conceded to get the goal, I think they grabbed the, the, the game by the crook. They went for it, but... After they come out, I think, sorry, I thought they were well before halftime. When they came out after halftime, they literally just lost the plot. They they fell for all the tricks. They, you know, they got but caught taken off up Manny for team. that reason. According to Klopp, he took him off for that reason, going, listen, you're just blowing another one. They're going to jump all over you and get you sent off. Mm. So maybe did that plant to see them that they got frustrated with every little. Like, you, you see it, they're brilliant at the dark arts, and Simeone, we all know, the famous Beckham. Well, see, they call it the dark arts, but no, but it's, it wasn't it's really the dark arts. I no, mean, in all fairness... In Spanish league, they are a different level. Yeah, but if you, they are. Mane, they didn't I'm make, not disagreeing They didn't it. make Mane stick the elbow in two or three occasions. No, you know? no, so, but you know what's going to come after that. Yeah, and you the, know they're going to... Well, see, with Mane, Watching them week in, week warrior. out, it's what they do, and it's what they're good at. Mm. And they've always been that way. I don't care. I'm not jumping on it because Brady said it. They are like it. Barcelona did it on Sunday, Saturday. The Spanish are brilliant at it. What I actually thought they did very well, as in from an Atletico point of view, we were I was saying, even wrote about last week, I expect Liverpool's front three to get a real kicking in that mm. game, and I really thought they would. But the likes of Mane can normally handle himself. He's a he's a tough so and so when he's mm. on the ball. I thought Salah equipped himself very well. Mm. I thought Firmino equipped himself very well. But the people that didn't expect to get at and that didn't handle it well was Van Dijk, Trent. Mm-hmm. It was almost like it was the first time someone ran into Van Dijk. There was Van Dijk was going for headers. There was fellas jumping in with them, with their back to him. You know, fellas shoving him, and he was looking at them as if 
who do you think you are? Van you know, Dijk doesn't really like getting them. up close and personal. They're really mm. rough. Now that said, I, I I think he rose to it in the second half a bit more as in he rose to the challenge more. It was like he got out of first gear because he had to. Mm. But uh, Trent didn't recover his composure the whole 90 minutes. Mm. He, he never put in a good cross. He really, really struggled to... to maybe That's it's right. just the whole atmosphere overall, but I think they ruffled the back line more great. than they ruffled the forward yeah, uh, is, is Is Trent Alexander just highly overrated at the moment and everyone's on a tidal wave of emotions from how well the team are doing but he, he just hasn't been tested uh, uh, he's in a team that hasn't been tested as in <coughs> if he played with let's just say Manchester United at the moment he might get caught out uh, uh, defensively yep. and this is another situation where he's still only learning his trade where he's getting roughed up a little bit so he, people are calling him probably the best right full in the world and all. he's actually not really right full he's a, he's a wing back yeah. isn't he he came through the academy as a centre mid yeah. slash right side and you can midfield. see by his range of passing and that's why. why I think the fact that there's not many full backs with the range of passing that he has mm. and it, I mean let's be honest like he, he's technically he's unbelievably an gifted yeah but as a fullback, you're you're kind of taking a little bit of a liberty with him mm. by playing him in that position, and it has the pros and the cons. But what Letico did very well the other night was every cross he made, they were on him. The, the mm. pressure that they yeah, put on yeah, him yeah, yeah, yeah. to to get around him or to get by him one of the, was unbelievable. One of the TV channels, I don't know who it was, kind of in Europe, and one of the clickbaits jumped on it. Um, the difference between they showed two of them. And Atletico, whenever they went for a set piece, only had four or five in the box, and they had this bank of four about twenty. 25 yards 30 yards out ready to go back to yeah. stop the boys in the counter so they thought of it all they did but the only just very quickly about Trent Alexander Arnold first half of the season very vulnerable mm. everyone got on him and personally the reason why I think it's not been as vulnerable lately is the is Joe Gomez I think his legs his pace yeah. I think covers him he covers him yeah and almost he's almost as important as Van Dijk at this stage to make that right hand side tighter than what it was mm. when he wasn't playing so I think he gets him out of a few holes he's young and he's English so, you know okay. what I mean? You're yeah, going to yeah, yeah. get an extra, I don't know, 20% of, of accolades and yeah. hype. Of course, yeah. That, yeah, you, yeah. you can't avoid that. But yeah. I do think he's good. I think he's very good on his day. When you give him time, he's brilliant. Yeah. But like, I think they proved it last night when you push him back, when you get in his face, you know, that's that's the way Break to, the to, to get on. Yeah. You know, he's used to getting his way and that's what you do mm. with whoever's at the top of the pile. You you bully them a bit. You kind of, I'm not scared of you. And you... You force it on them, and that's what happened. And, and it was it was enjoyable. Obviously, if I took me Liverpool off, it was actually enjoyable to watch one of the top teams getting a taste of their own medicine. It was interesting. Mm. But it's in, it's intriguing, and it's great. Oh, it great second leg. Up what a second leg! One nil's an awful cracking. score, though, isn't it? You'd rather two. One, but it's an awful score. Away it's goes an awful good. Score. Away goes good. Well, that said, let it go. Did this last year, yeah. and they went away to Juve, and Juve knocked a snot sure, out of them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, you know. We we wait to see if the proof is in the pudding. Can they do it twice? Because Liverpool have to learn, yeah. and then they have to come back and override it. So. On the same night, Erling Haaland versus Neymar, Dortmund versus PSG. I seen the is, first half. Is Neymar Neymar went to wasn't that at all? PSG. He was rushed back a bit, wasn't he? But he went to PSG to be the best player in the world, win yeah. Ballon d'Ors. Not is he fading away? I I he's don't think it's the dedication. Does he? Is he twenty nine? He's in there, 28, 29, 29 yeah. I think he's 28. Like he's, like he's one of them where you go, oh, you're, you're, you're actually hitting the top of the mountain where you're on the way down now. Oh, mate. No. But uh, yeah, I literally see the first half because I just wanted to have a quick nose to see what they were about and then I watched the second half of the thing in detail. Neymar wasn't at the race thought. And to be honest, no. Haaland wasn't really in the first half. So I'll have to eat my medicine. I presume he shot. He, he came. Yeah, yeah 28. Yeah. But there was one moment where he counterattacked and the bloody speed of Haaland was phenomenal from box yeah. to box. Then somebody timed it for six seconds. 
Um, the second goal. There's all sorts of memes. And yeah, stuff stop. Out there it was now, phenomenal. Yeah, of the speed. Um, they were running by Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'll have to tip my cap, and I presume he did, done a, be, a good job in the second half. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, I had a little nose just to see what they're about. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I yeah. fancied, I fancied uh, Dortmund to do a number on them, and I still do. Good I side. still think they're good enough to score. I think they're going to pull them apart when they go mm-hmm. away. They're capable of going away and scoring two or three yeah. goals. They're Absolutely no doubt. And when you look at PSG and you look at Manchester City who we'll talk about in a while and they talk about money that buys leagues and what have you PSG have all the money in the world and still obviously they bought the win their league and it didn't take much money there you but the Champions League is a different not you, you can't buy competition Sorry, they, yeah. you know they nearly need to do it wouldn't they they need to literally do pull in and give money to all the top 10 teams they've no <laughs> competition <laughs> mm. and they can rest their play they pull I think they pulled 8 players out of squad last weekend to be fresh for this week mm. It doesn't work like that. You need to be absolutely tested week in, week out. And that's, I think, in the last few years, while the English teams have been good, yeah. that the top 8-10 in England give you a real test. Yeah. You know, there's no easy game, and that's what kills them every year. You have no competition. Spurs. Spurs were at home to uh, Leipzig. Yeah, great game. Leipzig looked really good. I don't know if that's because Spurs look really bad at the moment. Spurs are just letting teams come at them. Marino's sitting deep, Marino-style, but... They've nothing going forward. No. Losing Son mm. is a an absolute mammoth blow. And listen to Mourinho's interview, he knows it. Mm. So he's going into protection mode now. I mean, they're in a great position in the league now. To the Nick Gallo Fox. looks like a good boy now. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Anyone for Spurs looks a good boy if, you, if they were to yeah. get them up front. But they're really hurting at the moment. He's, he's after calling out his best four players saying... They've no legs left in them. May I ask, is that, is that what he said about Ali? What, what, he's had a yeah. little slight at him, he, he kind of. I think he said the work rate dropped and he didn't have it left in him to kind of to get back up there for the rest of the game. In other words, he was beginning to taper off and like that, he can't afford for him to get down injured or him to be yeah. out long term. So I'm pulling him out. But so that said, he said Mora was literally on his last legs with, with half an hour to go and yet he left him on. But how, how can this be? They've got Deli Ali, they have Mora, what's the other, Bergwan? Or is Bergwan, Bergwan, yeah, Bergwan. Guy, yeah. So he named out these three players who were on their legs, had no energy left. Yet they're only after having a, mid, a, a mid-term it break, I was yeah. going to yeah, say, yeah, with well, the kids. Technically, yeah. <laughs> but they Ndombele, had a Ndombele is only back, so he reckoned Ndombele was good for a half and he left him on for a bit longer. Like He's their top sign. So now, is Ndombele. the winter break not worth it? Right, I think it's too late. Out, let's face it, he always finds it out. Yeah, but I mean, look, he's lost Harry Kane and he's lost Son, right? So, I mean, think of any of the top five or six oh, sides. That's still a when loss. When they lose them lads, you're just going, oh, man. And it's the wrong time of the season to lose all these lads, you know? Whatever about... But lo- lo- losing those two strikers, does that is that a reason for playing poor negative football? But, but that's Marino. Like, I mean, let's be honest, that's almost a defence mechanism with him, isn't it? Where yeah. you, you Any time he ever went away where he felt inferior to another team... As in going toe to toe. Do you reckon um, two before the back foot four and you defend? Do you reckon he's under pressure now? I think he's under huge as pressure. As in, like to prove um, himself when he potentially will fail here. It's, uh, signs aren't looking good. Who knows what they're going to get in the summer? And if he does, like somebody in Europe might take him, but his star is seriously fading. But do you not think he needs to take the finger out and go? Hold on a second. I've been running scared here for the last couple of years. My I'm, football's I'm, not I, working. My football, he, but he's not, he's not even embracing anything. He seems to be just afraid for his teams to lose, so he just puts that defence. But every week that. on Sky there, he gave it the big one that he did. The old he way, gave it the big one that he did. The old way of winning a league, Marino style, 75, 76 points, don't lose against anyone in the top six yeah. and then beat everybody else, is gone. Yeah. It's absolutely gone. Mm-hmm. Pep has proved it. 
Klopp has proven it this year you can't win a league like that anymore Mm. right let's move on from Spurs and uh, last game that happened was Atlanta versus Valencia Uh, hammering Atlanta 4 Valencia 1 I'm just seeing a stat that came out there today was that Atlanta have the same wage bill as Reading so <laughs> what does that say about you a don't lot, have to a lot cash, of, flash it, the cash no you just have to get the right players the in right don't blend, you yeah. and obviously the right blend with managers and yeah. etc et but banging the money they'll be interesting won't they yeah very much because so. we, we kind of look down on the Italian league as to say yeah. oh well you know maybe Juventus are the only team there now Inter oh, are starting oh, to spice this it up a bit getting tasty yeah, the, three, the three mm. boys have three points between them this year it might be yeah. getting a little tasty Inter have a half decent squad Juve have a decent squad and Lazio we're very impressed with the weekend against them. So, yeah, be fun. What, do you want to move on to next now? Uh, want to move on to Premier League? Yes. Yeah. And? Well, the top end is fairly cut and dry at the moment. Yeah, we know. We heard all say. about that next. Can't remember who's <laughs> in the top of the league yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess the relegation fight is again is getting, uh, it's twisted within the last maybe two, three fixtures and obviously the winter break, albeit late. Um, I have a little bit more hope from Villa than I had maybe a month ago. I have a little less hope for Wofford, who were looking really, really good. And wah, whatever's wah, wah. after happened, they've Thank come you, unstuck. So, uh, yeah, that, the, the relegation side of it seems to be a bit more interesting. I have a massive worry for West Ham. If you're West Ham right now, you look at their fixtures and you look at their form. They're in dire, and they're playing Liverpool the weekend. And let's be honest, they're going to get trounced within an inch of their lives. They're in big, big trouble. They're playing a lot of the top six sides in the yeah. next few weeks. Car City yeah. was one Horrible of them the run. other night. But... West Ham need to be in touch and distance after those set of games. Yeah, definitely. If they're not, they're going to struggle because they still have to win games and, yeah. and they're finding that hard and the morale may be dented badly. Every team comes down to the home form when you're in the lower half of the table. Mm-hmm. And West Ham, it's like they don't fit with the stadium. Now, they can make all their excuses. Something isn't happening right with that and team and it's been badly, badly ran. Haller's produced, what, two goals? Three yeah. goals? Yeah. Well, as we said before, he was in a partnership yeah. before with, with Jovetic, isn't that yeah. his name? And oh, yeah, now he's just gone playing one up front, chasing things around. Yeah. Partnership works. You've got to work a partner. That's the, the body players. language is all wrong. You yeah. know what I mean? You look at Newcastle. What's your man that plays up front for Newcastle? I can't say. Um, um, Joe Linton. Joe Linton. Him and Haller, you may as well, they'd be like two brothers sitting in the, you know, twins. <laughs> they don't run into the box. They don't look arsed. Haller scored a goal a couple of weeks ago. And I might have been in the, in the cup. And he just turned around as if... Uh, yeah. yeah, it wasn't I, like I a monkey off one. his back or yeah. It was like, geez, thank God, eventually I scored one. So yeah, yeah. I've no faith in him. <laughs> Just a very quick one. Uh, 10 minutes ago, Rangers were 2-0 uh, down. They're now 3-2 up at home to Braga. Holy moly. So, uh, yeah. A bit that, of that's in the Europa League, uh, the Europa best, League. best cup competition in the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, Georgie Hadji's son got two. Yanis Hadji. And there you go. I wouldn't mind there's Braga beat Benfica who were top of the league there mm. last weekend so yeah. they're on a, a run of form as well they're in third place in there 4-0 up on Espanyol wow okay. uh, Celtic 1-0 finished and uh, Inter 1-2-0 who are flying it yeah. absolutely flying yeah. it some heavyweights in that cup ok yeah Aston Villa why do you think Aston Villa shine a bit of light? Is, I, I just think that Jack uh, Grealish gets injured are they knackered oh yeah big time but do you know what it is they're beginning to push Grealish more forward it's like they're giving him a licence to roam and he's finding himself out on the left an awful lot but he's definitely in a more attacking option than he was in the earlier part of the year mm. so the last time I looked at Villa I remember they played Watford and I thought the middle of the midfield lads off Watford kicked him up and down the field they just didn't give him an inch because they knew he was the guy to stop but now he's beginning to get a bit of space on the left he's popping in between the fullback and winger and he's doing damage and I have to say I tip me hat to him because he's turning into a good good player if he can maintain the form he's on now obviously Villa are a little bit kamikaze at the back because 
they don't seem to be able to keep it out. They seem to be very, you know, they try to play from the back. They get mm. caught an awful lot, kind of a bit like Norwich. Um, but I think, you know, if you're a Villa supporter, which I know one in the world, they, uh, they might have a chance of uh, it's a bit of getting out. You know? Oh, definitely yeah. optimism. Ah, yeah, and yeah. I think their home form, again, the atmosphere the other night when they were playing at home was, was electric, was brilliant. You'd um, want to see them and Leeds and Forest coming up and the old big clubs coming back. Brilliant, that, as yeah. you just said there, nailing the, the, the atmospheres. Mm. The 40,000 guys who are going to bring it every week on like potential city and stuff like that you know what I mean who really <laughs> will show up and give a boat barrels it'd be great Mini Royola and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer Neil yeah do you know what I've never ever in my life talked about an agent or heard of an agent or know any other agent's names really I mean this is unbloody believe but the last one we talked about an agent was remember your man Kia Jorbation whatever off West Ham oh, yeah, yeah. who brought in Mascherano and then yeah, and ended up at sea ended up at sea but it, like that was the only time you ever heard of a guy with that much power that you're actually talking about him and for him to be jousting with Solskjaer in public it just looks terrible absolutely I don't know if you've seen the interview with Sky Sports when they asked him about <laughs> at the end of the match the other night mm. instead of Solskjaer and again he's he must be getting terrible advice why he didn't just go the discussion is in-house or this is my own pair. You know, just literally avoid the question. He's too honest and he tried to give an answer and I just thought it come off looking horrible. See, the problem is, is Rayola's out there and he's tweeting and tweeting yeah, yeah. and he's throwing stuff out there all the time. It must be a constant thorn in the side, a constant mm. thorn in the side. But for his actions are reflected in his players' performances. 100%. Uh, and attitude around the club. Apart from so. Hallam. Apart <laughs> <laughs> from Hallam. Wait till he deteriorates. There's always one. But yeah, so, listen, I think everyone has said probably... It's a sad, it's a sad, sad I'm not accepting it, but it's just a sad shit part of the game nowadays. Yeah. We, must get idiots. An, we must get an agent on and have a chat with them. But isn't it terrible Remember Eric Hall, monster, monster. Remember <laughs> him with the big Dennis Wise's. Like, he was a character, but I don't know whether he was a good one or not. But, uh, yeah. If you could sad. believe half the stories when he went to negotiate with United over right. Haaland and he started putting in these little clauses for this, that, and... Like, this is getting absolutely... Re- I want a job for me father, and I want... You know, this, that, and the other... Listen to oh, uh, Crouch's podcast about the agents there. And he said he had a fella from 16, 17. He was fairly old school. But he says, yeah, nowadays, say you're 20, 21 year old lads, it's, it, it's, it's like a new mammy. They do everything. everything yeah, yeah. Like yeah. everything, 24-7. Well, look at Fekir last year to Liverpool yeah. and they reckon he wanted either his brother or someone brought in on the staff or just something ridiculous at the end <laughs> of it. And they just went, you know what? No, absolutely not. I hope on the other hand, People will be very, very dubious in dealing with Raiola now. But, I mean, he has a lot of power. The more people have flocked him, the better the deal they get. How do you yeah. deal with it? You know, what do you do? Right, we're going to leave it there. We're going to talk about Manchester City, but let's talk about them some other time. Yeah. We'll be back after the ads. Tune to Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. Hold on. Of course, this weekend... Women's football! (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it might tie into that, what we're talking about, your little... uh, Speaking of blood sports. Yes. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Yes, the WBC heavyweight boxing title rematch between uh, Wilder and Fury is on this weekend. And... Vegas. What? Sorry, what? (laughs) You need to learn how to talk into that microphone. Yeah, but what? 
4am in the morning ah, That is yeah, just yeah. a killer yeah. isn't ah, it? Look, that's Vegas unfortunately yeah. We've talked about Wilder um, he, He's just wild isn't he He's just waiting for that one punch Fury It's a cracking matchup My biggest concern about Fury is uh, We talked about it off air Dave Is the gash he received in the last fight mm. If that opens up It's over Yeah they're after getting like whoever The, mag- the magic man of cup men apparently To hopefully <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did you like that? Did Magic man, a cut man's going to wear an iron mask in the bleeding <laughs> ring or something. Who knows? But apparently, he's the best in the business. They've got him in. I think his name is Duran or something like that. So, um, and it's a brand new team, new trainer, and McGregor's, McGregor's nutritionist. Yeah, oh. do you reckon he's going to be a half stone heavier? But it's going to be more muscle than than what was flopping around in the last fight. Yeah. Um, he's a better boxer, but. If As has. we all know, Wilder's phenomenal power. But Fury has a bit more power in the punch. I think from what I've heard, he's talking about yeah. uh, jabbing, putting more punch into the jab yeah, this, so to wear him down a little bit more. This new trainer apparently is is uh, a power puncher trainer, so he kind of brought him in to give him a bit more of a, uh, a knockout punch, so to speak, because he's giving it the big one that he's going to knock him out, and it's, he's not in it just to last the 12 rounds. And no one wants to see another controversial draw, really. Well, he says Vegas will work in his favour if it goes the distance. Because they, he says I'm a bit Mayweather-ish in the fact that I'm decent and I'm a good boy, fighter and I'll, I'll probably win a couple more rounds from Vegas judges than I would have elsewhere. So he fancies being there and winning it if it goes the, the distance, but he doesn't want to. We're going to just one football. Um, That's allowed. One football, one Martin Braithwaite, because it was so odd <laughs> and strange. Uh, Sitting in the dressing room in Lagan as well. <laughs> <laughs> so he's with Leganes, who are 19th in La Liga. Oh. Uh, and somehow, for and, and it's obviously in the rules, that Barcelona have a couple of injuries to their top stars and are given special permission to be able to go and buy a striker. I've got the golden tea. Now, we, again, we talked about this off air, but I, I, I've just remembered that they bought him out through his bio clause, yeah. which was 18 million. Yeah. They had no say in whether he could go or whether to, to stop him or not. And they uh, didn't want him to go. Yeah. Well, of course, he was gone. So they asked the La Liga, can they get a replacement in? And they were told, no. <laughs> well, so uh, is this something of the, the superpower and uh, the minnow? That's different, different rules. Though. How does it affect them for Champions League? Is this just a La Liga ruling? Yeah, he can't yeah, play in the Champions League. Right, okay. He can't yeah. play in the Champions League. Well, there you go. It's the rich get richer. I presume it's a bit similar. They, they, they name a 25-man squad and if a certain amount are gone, maybe. as I don't know the exact rule. Well, he's not in the squad. So No, he, but do you know the way you name yeah. one at the start yeah, yeah, of the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four but is this Barcelona's in. squad have become too threadbare or strikers, strikers. have become yeah, too Dembele threadbare? Yeah, Dembele has gone Dembele and Suarez. And... Yeah, apparently it's they're, they're allowed or entitled. Madness. So it was announced about two days ago, and then I seen the headline today, Braithwaite, and I went, that Danish lad, Braithwaite? Yeah, he's never Has really it ever happened before? Something like that before, as in? I don't, know, I don't think I've ever heard of it. Don't know. Jeez, Marino will be looking for <laughs> the rules in Division 1 here yeah. now to bring them up front, yeah. Ah. Dave, what have you got? Um, yeah, Monday night was interesting. Sky really tried to uh, get the two boys to go at it again and tried with the most ridiculous debate ever. Um, right at the end it was great punditry all the way through the whole time Carragher was bang on form before oh, yeah. the game Tate Keane was it and then coming up next the 90 we're trying to pick the 11 between the 99 United squad and the current Liverpool straight away I ranted for three minutes to the wife who couldn't have cared less and then I'm not watching it and then after five, I better, better stuck it on <laughs> and it was funny and the very brilliant when he wouldn't put in gigs 
really? Yeah. Uh, but it was, you could see your man Dave, he's almost winking at the camera, we're going to try and get them going again. Yeah, it was yeah. like, come on. The reason why it was so good, it was natural, and now you're trying to force it. It just bugged me. But um, then I started thinking about Sky in general. They really are a poor sports channel when you think about it. Everything is in, um, everything is in that and potentially golf and a bit of cricket. So 24-7, they've seven or eight channels and they have little or not to fill them. Well, what you notice is that a lot, of people, a lot of people get rid of Sky Sports in the summer. Yeah. Because it's just too poor. Di- it's too diverse now, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not like you back in the day where you had Sky Sports, you had all the Premier League. You have nothing on Sky Sports anymore. Like no. You literally have to have, you have, you have three the, or four The darts every now and yeah. again because mm-hmm. you like look During at the week, darts, if you're stuck, sticking on 12 o'clock, you will not come across a... Oh, I'll watch this right now. How, how they fill their sports as in the newest. Yeah. For 24 hours yeah. is unbelievable. But do you ever look at Virgin Media Sport? They play games from last year's Champions yeah, League. But they've yeah. nothing. And they've won it. They have absolutely They literally show nothing. live now, tonight. Yeah. They'll show Champions League, Europa League and some cha- uh, internationals. I, got, I, was, I was sick last week, right? We came back from Liverpool and I was sick for the Tuesday and the Wednesday. So I said, I'll stay at home and watch. And I switched Good on trip. air. Air, it was good. I switched on uh, Air Sport. I was flicking through, mm. and there was a fishing program on. <laughs> Bet you watched it. I was hooked. But no, really, it was. It, it was really, really good. It was this fella going around fishing in Ireland to catch all the freshwater fish. <laughs> I was glued. I watched three episodes in a row. It was amazing. Anyhow, so if you ever, I can't remember the name, but, but keep an eye out for it. Well, well, see, I don't know whether. <laughs> see, would your sport be classed as a satellite channel? Like, it wouldn't be classed as a terrestrial channel. Would no, it? it'd be satellite. Yeah. Yeah, because if you flick on that, like. Even during the week, there's a chance that you'll be watching some European Championship or World Championship. It's normally snooker from the back hall of yeah. some local yeah. town yeah. place. But come in the winter, you'll be watching like World Cup skiing and the Nordics. Yeah. I love biathlon. I, I fucking love biathlon. The old age, you know, they had to shoot and then yeah, the Nordic. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it this time. Yeah, ski oh. Sunday's back as well. That's great. Love it. Just <laughs> before, just before Top Gear as well. <laughs> yeah. quite, but like Eurosport will always have something like that, like the, the top European or World Championship or something. And you, then you flick over to Sky Sports and oh my God, it's. Fucking Stephen Gerrard's 100 club again yeah. for a million times. Yeah, like, come yeah. on, give me something. Yeah, yeah. There's, to be, there's sport on 24-7. But they've that many channels. They've that many channels yeah. to, to cater for. They're just four or five different yeah. versions. Yeah, that's the problem. Channels. Yeah, they have to put they've watered it down. Sky Sports they? cricket. Really 24-7 goals. cricket. Yeah. Well, there's, that. there's people out there who love cricket. Do you know? Oh, no. So, but for 24 hours a day? Well, I mean, I don't watch the football. Then again, I don't like cricket. Day, yeah. so. I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're all at it tonight. You go on, Neil. You're next. Right, we have uh, we've just over four minutes left, Dave. Second, I'm going for it. Phil Neville was on last night. <laughs> um, yes, um, I can't remember the doctor's name, but it was half half kind of watching the TV, and then he said it once. Kind of went, okay. I thought that's what he said. Then he said it a second time. But obviously he's the manager of the women's national team for England and he's talking about the menstrual cycle and around performance of the of the player during their period, basically. Yeah, and it makes sense, And it? apparently this doctor's coming over to go through a presentation and there is certain facts and figures and obviously it's more around tournament play and stuff like that that he'll be looking at it and the potential rotation of the squad. All right, Neil? Are you with me still? <laughs> I'm just trying to remember what Dave was like during his menstrual strike at that time. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just sports science again no, no doubt but yeah by all accounts I don't know the exact uh, science behind it the exact figure but there is marked you were inter- saying that they, so much so that they rotate players and stuff potentially, potentially. and that's what the could come from it. it's very much I'm not saying that I presume uh, 
there's a dip in performance potentially um, how accurate it is I don't know it was just literally Phil Neville did he just say that and I started listening so I never I, it was about half 11 at night so I wasn't going to start studying for it and I never got the chance today but it's definitely something that will probably maybe come out a bit more about that and it was just it was just interesting now he was brilliant about it and it was fairly upfront and honest so it'll be a kind of watch this space it'll probably you'll see a bit more of it as the as, yeah, as it unfolds I imagine with the US team the US women's team like that's about as elite oh, a group that you can ever get this lady's coming yeah. from America yeah, so yeah. no doubt so there's no doubt the research is done and the papers are written I mean let's be honest they would be leaders ahead of everybody in this regard so you'd imagine they'd Fairness, be seeking it's a, it's their a advice. question that we've never even even sure. thought of it'd never be mm, in, uh, in, our, in our top process no not, 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 for, not no. for us Egypt. Um, <laughs> offside rule Arsene Wenger's offside proposals for the Euros it's now he wants to have clear daylight between so if any part of your body is in line with the defender you are onside oh yeah so if your back heel like your full body's ahead of him but your back heel is in touch with that line yeah yeah no no is no. it not going to just do the exact same thing it is now by an inch but in the opposite direction maybe in, but the, it'll still give you an advantage so, though. maybe you will you will have less of those incidents mm. because most of the time they are level somewhat mm. so they're, they're oh, t- yeah. trying to time their runs so uh, it's it probably less so but the, 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 the offside result used to be there had to be clear daylight yeah, yeah. so yeah Change it, too often, it needs so. a bit of tweaking, but they maybe like that. Do it before one of the tournaments, or, or do they have to trial it summer to kind of yeah, get the kids you know out. It's, it's going to be at because the it, it's going to be in. Listen, it. it's not going away. They need to fine tune. I, I still think VAR. I still think it's quality. It's come a long way. Yeah. The, pro- the problem is with the offside rule is it's, yeah. it's, it's there's too many goals getting ruled out. Well, it's even you know. the second phase of play. Yeah, like a corner comes in, gets played short, and then it goes into the box and the man is in the box and he's not offside and then they go back out and your man's yeah. toe on the sideline. was oh, That's the killer, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know the two lines that they have? And it, it, I think maybe the line of the defender, they should come up with a set distance. So say his his last part of his body and there should be a set distance and if his, any part of his body is in that area, it's fair game. And Because I think that, I think Wenger's is too extreme. Like... It, <laughs> If you know what I mean, but, but is it is, is it still going to be a grey area though? Is it uh, not? No, but as long as they agree, here's the distance, and here you go. Here's his final part of his body, and you just the computer opens it up by a foot or half a foot, whatever. They agree and say, right, he's in the area. Good luck. Because mm. in fairness, it's still a small man. We, I know it is, mm. but the only thing about the offside rule, as much as we're up and down about it, it is the only one that's consistent. So whatever they pick will still be consistent. But everyone is disgruntled about it. So we oh know, yeah, the big so we know it's not right. Mm. So. Uh, I'd, can, I'd give Wenger's one a shot. I think yeah, it could yeah. be like it can only be daylight, or if any part of them is on side, yeah. it can only be one or the other. Really, can't yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, there's no in Anyhow, a good defender makes sure he's in front of him. Not well, right, listen, yeah. you go side, man. You're yeah. good to go. At least yeah. they got rid of diving var, so I'm in favour. 